Hello. Uh, it's a podcast. That's actually really well done. One of your <laughs> one of your better intros. Thank you, thank you. I do what I can, you know. Yeah, and when I it when it. it just fits like that, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta roll with it. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Totem Talks, season three, episode nine. Excellent. Yes. And feeling I'm, fine. Exactly. And we should be. Of course we should be. Why not? Because I think we've got a very fun episode coming up today. I agree. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be a good time. You know, why not? Why wouldn't it be a good time? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. did you see the picture? I, on just, the, yeah. I just now see. So Alex is remote today. So uh, we're, we're seeing him over Zoom, not a sponsor. And uh, he's chosen to make his background me. While so. You recording the podcast, yes, more specifically. But it, at least it, it's on it brand. makes me feel a little bit more at home, like I'm like in you're the here, studio yeah, with that's you nice. Guys. That yeah. way, we each get to be could with Pat, just, which is what we've always wanted. Could just yeah. have made a picture of the studio, the background, nope. but no, it had to be nope. me. That's fine. I don't it's have nice. a picture of the, the studio. I'll I have tell a picture you, of Pat in the studio, right? And what really helps is the picture of the uh, the sound paneling on the walls to to deaden the sound. There it really yeah. improves. It's, it's your, really uh, oh yeah. Definitely. Very <laughs> so, much uh, very much a uh, visual gag. So absolutely. I'm, I'm sure our audio listeners They're loving it right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, our video anyway. listeners are us. Great point. <laughs> so as of right now, we'll see. That might change in the future. Hopefully. Who knows? Uh, but welcome in, guys. Uh, we got a fun one for you, as we mentioned. Um, but before we do that, uh, let's introduce ourselves, even though we already said all of our names multiple times. This is Totem Talks, and I'm Pat. I am Nick. And I'm Alex. And that's we did it. And, and yes, we have a very special guest with us. We have Tucker here, my dog. Any uh, future barks? That yes, and good. that's exactly why I'm saying it because I just he's been in like six episodes so far, mm-hmm. and uh, every once in a while he'll do a single bark, and that is yeah. just a huge inconvenience to edit. I'm sure. Yeah. So, so now leave it in. I'm not. Tucker's here. Yeah. If he has an opinion, he is going to voice it. Understandable. And you wow. know what? If he hears something he doesn't like. Well, yeah. you know what? He did all the listening this week. Exactly. So. And there's a dog on the cover of the first album that we're going to discuss. And could it be more perfect? I know, right? Uh, so, yeah. the is, three... it, is it Tucker on the cover? Close enough. I somehow don't think so, just based on the year it came yeah. out. Um, but what I will tell you is the three artists that we're doing today. Uh, so we're starting with The Cardigans, and then we're following it up with Joan Jett and Joan Jett and the Blackhearts after right. some discussion. Yes. Uh, and then we're closing it out with Adele, or as she's more commonly known, Adele. 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 <laughs> uh, so that's anyway. That's what we've the got. The cardigans. Yes, the cardigans. Now I worked really hard on this, so I'm gonna mm-hmm, I'm gonna mm-hmm. do my best. The cardigans are a Swedish rock band formed in Jönköping, Sweden, in 1992, by guitarist Peter Svensson, bassist Magnus Svensson. Drummer Bankt Lagerberg, keyboardist Lars Olaf Johansson, and lead singer Nina Persson. I really do love that name. <laughs> Nina Persson. Nina Persson. She's a person. Yep, she is a person. Uh, so they have been active from 1992 to the present day with a hiatus right. in 2006 to 2012. Correct. So the band didn't break up. They went on like an official hiatus. Right. Uh, and we covered three of their albums. We covered uh, Emmerdale from 1994, uh, hence why Tucker's probably not the dog on the cover, yeah, yeah. regardless of what they look like. Unless he's 25 years older than he's telling us. <laughs> you know what? He could be. 
Uh, then we followed up with First Band on the Moon from 1996. And then we wrapped things up with Super Extra Gravity from 2005. Yes. And, and that's what we did. Great. Who wants to talk about Emmerdale first? Uh, not me. I just did a lot of talking in a row. Understandable. Alex, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. You got it. Um, I liked it. It's um, like a, a good vibe. It's very chill, like relaxing, kind of upbeat music. Um, the musicians, while they don't like necessarily show off at all in the album, really, um, they're definitely super talented because everything's like super pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like really like tight production, tight playing. Like it sounds great. Um, the vocalist, Nina, um, mm-hmm. she sounds great. Um, like, uh, she has that kind of like really, uh, high airy voice, which kind of fits yeah. the style of music, which just sounds great. You could call it um, lilty. That's a good word. That is a very good word. I will call it lilty then. Um, the only downside that I will say about this album, um, is that you have a lot of songs that kind of sound the same, but like musically are a little bit different. But the biggest thing is the melodies of all these songs tend to sound very similar to each other um and so like it gets to the point where you kind of like you're like i've heard this song before but i haven't because it's i never listened to any of this music before um but other than that i really enjoyed this album i really enjoyed all the songs on it made me feel good you know getting outside listening to it walking Mm -hmm. my dog i was real happy nice all right well i will pick up where you left off and i will kind of go with like the uh yang to your yin there of similarity in uh, melodies to say there was a lot of really great differentiation in arrangements uh, and the different instrumentations used on each song. I felt like the music behind it was really way more interesting and jazzier than I expected. I ended up coming off really impressed not only with the arrangements that they did for each song uh, and involving a lot of things like strings, woodwind instruments, um, there was a flute on the first song, Sick and Tired, and it really sounded to me almost like a Jethro Tull-inspired piece. Um, but the fact that they wrote all their arrangements. So many bands who bring in uh, you know, these kinds of instrumentations that are a little outside of their purview don't know how to write for them, so they'll have other people who take care of those arranging things. But they did, in fact, arrange all the other um, instrumentalists' pieces and conducted them. Uh, for this as well. So that's another additional skill to like kind of uh, throw in there. Look uh, at them so, go. Yeah, so I was really impressed with, uh, really impressed with this album overall. Uh, and I will say the review from All Music, I think kind of really sums up the gist of the album, which is the battle between positive arrangements and melancholy lyrics creates a wistful mood that suits them well. And I think that that pretty much lays it out perfectly. Uh, sure. Uh, I agree for the most part. Um, I do tend to lean towards Alex's sameness in the melodies. Uh, that did stick out to me more than the differences in the arrangements, although I did recognize that. Uh, I felt like I ended up having to listen to it with an active ear to pick up on those differences, more so than like a passive listener would probably mm-hmm. more accurately hear the sameness in the melodies. Uh, but I did really enjoy listening to it. Um, the cardigans were a blind spot for me. We know. I totally. think everyone's only known one song ever by I them. I think in the and, United States. Yeah. That's our problem. Is where, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they did do pretty well in throughout Europe and totally. Asia, too, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, in Japan and such. Uh, but I didn't have a negative here. Uh, mm. 
the the songwriting duo, the powerhouse, the Lennon McCartney of Sweden, uh, Svensson and Svenningsen, right, right, uh, ended up uh, being the primary writers for all of these songs, uh, except for uh, <laughs> yeah, except please. for Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, right. which is very interesting. Um, obviously, it's based on you know Black Sabbath. It's the Black Sabbath song. It's, it's a cover. The Black yeah. Sabbath song, and uh, it's. It's really good. Almost unrecognizable for the original. Yes. And then once you realize it, you're like, wait a minute. When you Hold get on. there, <laughs> when you get there, you have a real moment. Yeah. Uh, but every other song on the album is written by uh, either both Svenningson and Svensson or one of them writing. Yeah. Uh, and for the most part, the fact that it's just two guys writing the whole thing, it's it's pretty solid um, mm-hmm. all the way throughout. Even the, the way that the melodies kind of sound the same, it almost just sounds like... Um, they knew where person was going to sound good. They knew where she was going to sound yeah. the best and just did it over and over again. Uh, but I have nothing negative to say. It was enjoyable to listen to. Um, maybe if I had to be a bit negative at all, listening to that more than once in a row might start to sound a little Muzaki, mm. a little elevatory. Sure. But that's just their vibe. Uh, so I'm going to take it into uh, first band on the moon and – this is a lot of the same. Uh, Nina Person is credited as a writer on a lot more of these songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's getting involved in that process now. Sure. And the one thing that I noticed that be- uh, the one oh, I can't even speak today. I know. The one thing that I noticed because of that was some more intricate melodies. Sure. Yeah. It's like, okay, guys, I can sing more than just this line. This is what I can sing. And so I don't know if that's exactly what she was contributing. I would assume so. It seems the most likely that as the singer, she was contributing the melody lines. Um, but this album has the song Love Fool, right. which is the big song by the mm-hmm. Cardigans. If you know who the Cardigans are, you know this song. Absolutely. You've heard it before, I promise you. Uh, but for the most part, again, I felt like this was a really solid album. You know what I mean? It's not gonna. It's not going to wow you. It's not going to knock your socks off. But they're not trying to do that. They're just a simple band uh, who take their simple points. That, nice. <laughs> and that's what they do. Um, and they did a cover of Iron Man. Again, yep. another Black Sabbath cover. And same thing as the last one. Yeah. Completely different from the original. Yeah. Uh, which I always give you Absolutely points for. Absolutely a skill. And a really enjoyable cover. And that's what I got. Yeah, totally. Uh, Alex, I'll let you go a uh, second if you want. Sure, I will go second. Um, I liked it more. Um, I thought there was a lot of, uh, quite a bit of growth between the first album and this one. Um, the uh, I think Nina, like like Pat just said, Nina, uh, person contributing to the uh, to the melodies and stuff, made it so there's a lot more variety in the songs because then they're not all sounding very similar mm-hmm. in melody. Um, at times, they kind of sound similar in instruments, but I think there was a lot more variety overall in this album. Um, uh, Pat kind of covered everything I was saying. Um, I was like, thorough. Like, Love Fool. Sure, yeah, you course. were pretty pretty thorough. Um, the only thing I would say is the last song, Choke. Mm-hmm. So not only did they cover Iron Man with, with covering Iron Man, <laughs> yes. Choke really had um, a, a line in it that sounded like it came from Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Like the main heavy sure. line in it and so i thought that was I, I i don't know if that's just inspiration or if that's kind of like a, a reference but either way it's it was great yeah I, be- I very much enjoyed this album i believe that the bassist uh svenningson 
was like a pretty big metalhead type guy who was super into Sabbath. And then funnily enough, ended up in this like very poppy rock band uh, doing these kinds of things. So he just kind of brought that inspiration to his arrangements a little bit. Hey. Uh, which is cool. Uh, and it I shows that your it. personal yeah. music taste doesn't have to dictate your output. Yeah, that's very true. In a, in a good way. Yeah. And I also really enjoyed this record. Um, I think for me, this kind of set the standard. Like the worst I think the Cardigans can do is pleasantly forgettable, but most of the yeah. time it's like better than that and yeah. sometimes significantly better. Uh, the, again, I was always pretty interested in the different types of arrangements that they were doing. Uh, I really, really like the song Step On Me as a good one to like check out other than Love Fool if you're okay. looking for a, a few songs to get into by this group. Uh, and then there were definitely times where, uh, specifically in the second half of the record, I really liked the B-side, I think, even more, uh, where tracks would like run into each other a little bit, where the... Uh, you know, actual arrangement of the individual songs would start to get a little bit more experimental with what they were doing. And I really, really appreciated that, especially as a band that was starting to find some real success in this pop rock niche. Like there were some brave arrangement moves that I think that they did. And I think they paid off. Sure. Okay. And I will now go into uh, Super Extra Gravity. Oh, be so, careful. You don't want to yeah, fall. I know. I don't. Uh, from 2005. Uh, and I have a so right before they went on their hiatus, this was yeah. I guess their last record that came out. And I thought one thing that was really noticeable um, in a good way that was different is I think this is the album that Nina Person sounds the best on. Yes, I think these were her strongest vocals um, overall. But other than that, as sticking out, I would say I really like this album for the reasons that I liked the other albums. Yeah. I was interested in what they were doing. Uh, with the different approaches they would take to songs, the different styles they tried, the different uh, instruments they would use in their arrangements. Uh, so all in all, from track to track, you don't necessarily know what you're going to get, but it's pretty much always good, and it's pretty much always interesting. So if you're listening to it because you're you know, someone who is interested in arranging uh, or really likes to hear that kind of clever writing in songs, uh, the Cardigans are going to be an uh, above-average listen for you, and you're going to really enjoy uh pretty much everything in their discography that we checked out. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree uh, on a couple of those things that you said. Uh, particularly, Nina has her best vocal, I think, on this album. Um, aging really well and not totally. being afraid. So the liltiness is still there in pieces, but she's not afraid to give a little bit more, like, huh, into it. Just a bit. Just mm -hmm. enough that it sounds more confident, I don't, yeah, I totally. almost. Um, and interestingly enough... Um, all of the music on this one is by uh, Svensson, not mm -hmm. Svensson and Svenningson. Yeah. Svenningson is not credited as a writer here. Yeah, which is Although he's still on the album. Yeah, right. Because uh, when I saw that, I was like, oh, did Svenningson leave nope. the band? Now I'm invested. Yeah, now um, the full band lineup has been together through all these which records. Which is, in and of itself, a complete rarity. Yeah, yeah, uh, really. Very impressive for that. Um, but So the lyrics on this one were written by Nina Person and her husband, Nathan Larson. Mm -hmm. uh, so... Just a little bit of a tidbit there. He was contributing on this one. Uh, but for the most part, it's very consistent. Uh, their whole discography that we listened to has been pretty consistent. I didn't really notice too many valleys, but also not a ton of peaks, I'm going to be honest. Mm -hmm. it, it was very, very upper echelon, but still very similar in quality. Sure. And that's, and that's what I will say. Alex, your turn. I did not like this album as much as you guys did. Okay, fair Interesting. enough. I thought the the 
they, they kind of got away from their core sound a little bit with this, which is fine. I just wasn't a big fan of it. Um, I thought that... <laughs> I'm not a singer, so I can't critique very sure. well. But I, I thought Nina, Nina person at times did not sound great. Um, okay. Fascinating. Okay. And I thought that um, the songs had weird lyrics, like nothing really that like kind of hooked me. Oh, into see, them. lyrically, I, I, not to cut you off, but lyrically, I completely agree with you throughout all of these. I thought there were some lyrical issues that I was just going to bring up in the scoring. But yeah, yeah, I yeah, and. It's that it really stood out to me with this one, and maybe it was because I was paying attention a little bit more, <laughs> but it it wasn't great. But like, so I mean, I'm not like hard on this album. Like, it's not like an album that I'm like, this sucks. Don't listen to it ever. Um, but like, it caps out for me at pretty good. Okay. Yeah, well, that's not bad. <laughs> that's I. Yeah, it could I be get worse. Where you're from. But that's like at the at the at the best. Sure. Right. At the, at the worst, it was like, all right, I can skip this song now. Mm. Sure, I completely understand. All right, well, I guess let's grade them then. Yeah, let's let's. Uh, and I guess them. we have to just kind of start with. There's just a huge blind spot for this band in the U.S., so they're just yeah. like way more popular in Europe and Japan, and it just somehow never reached us because they have sold like pretty well uh, elsewhere. I mean, they've sold 15 million records, which is a lot yeah. more than a lot of artists ever will, um, and first band on the moon because it had loveful was huge and sold two and a half million copies worldwide but they've had other albums that also sold very similarly uh, the following album gran turismo sold gran about turismo, two and a half yeah. million uh the album before sold one and a half million worldwide so like they were having very consistent success by selling to a lot of you know less populous countries than the united states and selling very consistently uh throughout europe and so yeah uh, i mean i think they definitely you're going to get more points here than you would expect as a listener in the United States who didn't know that. That's is what I'm very say, true. trying to say here, basically. Yeah, I mean, I still don't think it's going to be necessarily that high. No. But, it's, it's... but you can't sell 15 million records oh, way more not. than most artists are ever going to sell and not get a couple of points here. Of course not. I, 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 I get what you're saying where you're kind of like giving the caveat of like, our United States listeners would expect like a point one or a one here for love. Exactly, Fool. but that's not what they get. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was probably thinking somewhere in like the threes. That's exactly what I was thinking. Um, myself, so maybe like yeah. a three two or a three three. I would be totally fine with that. Um, I'll give them the three three. Sure, why not? Knowing that they would be a Swedish ten. Of <laughs> there course. We go. Well, they'd be a Swedish nine point nine, of course, after ABBA. ABBA. Right. Uh, breadth of work. There are six records here. Uh, so they started at a five. We've mentioned that there's 15 million in sales, and I think that they were consistently good records. Um, yeah. So I think we're probably at the end of the day in the higher fives. That's exactly where I was thinking. Like maybe a five um, eight ish. I was going to say a five seven, but if you want to give the five eight, if Alex wants to give the five eight, he was the lowest on the last album. That's that's fair. I'm no, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Okay. Okay. Uh, instrumental talent. I mean, I think they're just they're very solid here. Yeah, um, I mean, I there's not like like you mentioned, there's not show offiness about what they play. No. But as Alex also mentioned, they are very in the pocket. Like yeah. they are very, very talented at what they do, and their focus is much more on song craft and arranging sure. than it is on showing off. Structurally and rhythmically, very strong. This uh, is not a band that loses any points under instrumental talent. No, but they just don't. The question is, yeah. how much do they gain? And I don't think it's that much. No, I think we're gonna uh, have I'm a five point something like in, low. Oh, five point something low. I was yeah. going to kind of go like five, 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 six. 
Oh, okay. So you're, you're five, 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 six. You're a little lower. I was kind of feeling right around like a five, four ish. That's so let's totally just, fine with me. Let's just do a five, four. Yeah, that works. Now, songwriting talent, I am higher on then. I was like yeah. pretty consistently impressed by the variety of genres that they try to tackle with their songs, you know, within that pop rock spectrum, the different uh, arrangements that they did, the different instrumentations that they brought in. And the fact that they are arranging the outside musicians that they have to bring in yes. and conducting them, too. I think that's something that, like, if you don't spend a little time in music school, you might be like, oh, conducting, that's not a big deal. Like, whatever, you just wave a stick around. It is a genuinely a talent that you have to work on it's, to understand. It's not easy. No, it's definitely also, not easy. Also, good luck being left-handed conductors. Yeah, right. They don't <laughs> exist. You have to use your right hand, so you have to learn how to do it with your right hand, and it sucks. Yeah. So all that being said, I mean, I think this is their highest score of the day for sure. I would agree. Uh, I'm feeling very confident on putting them like in the high sixes, low sevens. I was thinking the number that jumped into my head was about a seven. So I mean, I definitely want to be in that range too. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know what Alex is thinking here. I'm going to go with the high sixes. Okay. I'm going to say like a 6.9. Okay. Let's do a 6.9. That's kind of where I was feeling. Yeah, that's that's good by me. Uh, and then Poetic Talent, you so guys have... this one is a little bit lower for Poetic for me. Um, their stuff is just, it's not lyric-based. Mm. I'll say that. And even their biggest song, Love Fool, I mean, if you just, like, read those lyrics, love me, love me, say that you love me, like, that's pretty much the whole song. Well, There's it's not, not the a lot of depth. Sure. Lyrically. Great music video, though. <laughs> yes, very interesting music video. Um... I don't know what filter they used for her eyes in that, but they're, like, <laughs> piercingly blue. Right. Um, but for the most part, it's not, like, offensive or, like, terrible, but it's mm-hmm. nothing that made me really engage lyrically with them. And a couple points when I went, oh, that's a little that's a little bad. Okay. So I, I'd be in, like, the fours, personally. Okay. That's fine by me. Probably, like around maybe a four and a half would be my cap. I don't know if Alex has more to add negatively to it. No, no. you said okay. it all. Yeah. That's, that works for me. And is there an X factor here? I don't what think What about the fact so. that the sweater was named? I'm just kidding. You may have named it <laughs> the sweater. I don't think there's an X factor I don't here. think so either. Um, um, yes, yeah, so that's So it. then we're going to move on to Joan Jett. Joan Jett, born Joan Marie Larkin, is an American rock singer, songwriter, composer, musician, record producer, and actress. Uh, and that's pretty much it for Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, too, because when you when you click in Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, it, it's just pretty it much It just redirects, that. basically. Uh, they've been active from 1975 to the present as the Blackhearts, apparently, according to, you know, according to them. The internet. According to the interwebs. Uh, and we listened to three albums, so we did combine Joan Jett and the Blackhearts with Joan Jett's solo discography because it's two albums, and why would we, you know, I mean, that we would just needlessly have another episode to just bash Joan Jett then yeah, for only having two solo two albums. albums yeah. So uh, we did cover Joan Jett from 1980, which was more commonly known or as Bad, Bad Reputation. Reputation. Right. They're the same record. Yes. So whichever um, one you find on your streaming service, if you want to listen along, Joan Jett or Bad Reputation, you're getting the, the same, same thing. album. Yeah, and I think you'll find Bad Reputation. That's what I That's found. That's what I found. Uh, then we followed that up with I Love Rock and Roll, also from 1981. Super disappointing, though, that we didn't do the follow-up to that, which is just called Album. album. <laughs> I really wished we got to I Album. Know. And then, of course, they, they also have uh, Good Music. Good Music. Uh, yeah, it's we have just, P- and Pure and Simple from '94. You know, 
I really do enjoy some of these titles. Uh, but we did uh, we did close it out with 2013's Unvarnished. Yes. Uh, and Alex, you went first for the Cardigans. So Nick, do you want to go first for Joan Jett? Sure, I will do that. So, um, knowing that I listened to the Bad Reputation version of this, so you know what track you're going to get. And, the, yeah. and Bad Reputation starts it out. It was a big hit for her. I love that song. Um, it's you know, it's a really fun punk song. It's definitely one of my favorite songs from that genre. Uh, I believe it was the opening credit music for Freaks and Geeks, if I'm not mistaken. I believe you are correct. Which is also a great show. Yes. Um, but it's also, uh, it, it brings up what's really unfortunate about this record is it's one of the very few songs that she has writing credits on. Yeah. Because uh, the vast majority of this record is cover music. And you know what? There are some covers on here that I really enjoyed. Particularly, yeah. You Don't Own Me. That's was the big like, one. The big cover here for her. That was, I mean, that was a really great version of mm-hmm. that song. Like, I, I thought that was um, really awesome. And then, you know, there was other stuff that she wrote that didn't jump out to me as much as a lot of the covers did, which is unfortunate. At like, all. her original music, it was fine. Yeah, uh, I didn't listen to songs that I disliked on this record. It was all just fine, um, but I really liked a lot of the other covers. Like "Wooly Bully" even was a lot of fun. Her version. Uh, if you get the bonus tracks, she covers "Call Me Lightning" by The Who, which is a song by that you know from their early days that I really like, and she did that. Which I guess brings me to my main point, which is uh, this is an ostensibly punk rock album. Yeah, for that. I think she shows decent range, uh, and her covers really helped her show a lot of range within that genre. Sure. So even if you're someone like Pat, for instance, who doesn't normally get into the genre at all, with few exceptions like maybe the Ramones, this is definitely the punk that you can listen to and enjoy. Yes. I mean, this is definitely, like, you're not going to hear songs on here that are offensive and screaming and just, like, vulgar for no apparent reason without a point or stuff like that. Like, none of that's here. I agree. This is the... This is the more palatable version of punk rock. For totally. Sure. Uh, and I will just finish by saying Rolling Stone placed this record at number 36 on its 50 coolest albums of all time list from 2002. <laughs> nice. I get that. I totally yeah, get that. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'll talk and then I'll let Alex uh, do the whole, you know, end and begin with the next thing. Um, first thing is, Nick, you missed a very, very prominent yes, yes. Six Degrees of Totem of Talks course. here, because one of the covers on this album is Shout by the Isley by Brothers. The Isley Brothers. Um, and I'm just going to let you know, not as good as the Isley Brothers version. Yeah, agreed. Uh, about a third of the energy involved. Yeah. Which is interesting, because <laughs> she usually has a ton of energy yes, in these songs. But it's very hard to compete with the Isley yeah. Brothers, who we said are, are all energy. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but that I mean that was pretty much it for me on that one. Uh, Bad Reputation is a good song. It's mm-hmm. it's enjoyable to listen to. It it pumps you up a little bit, um, and it kind of sets the scene for who Joan Jett is with the whole like I don't give a damn about your reputation, yeah, right, right. About, you know all that stuff. Like she doesn't care. That's the whole thing. It, yeah, that's, that's her, her whole shtick, persona right? that she puts off that she just doesn't care. Um, and it makes it interesting for for other songs where it's like, you know, when she's saying, like, you don't own me, because that's like a much more like ballad-esque yeah. song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it shows a lot of range in her voice. I don't think Joan Jett's necessarily like a top-tier vocalist in no, terms of the quality. No, but she was good. She's good. But she's not a bad singer. Not at all. And especially when you're doing this genre, it's very easy to be a bad singer. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to just not care about your voice, not care about the melodies, 
because who I mean, you don't need to, honestly, right. for the genre. It fits without it. Um, but she did. And so I definitely give her credit for that. Um, I think Wooly Bully might have been the highlight for me, gonna be honest with you. As like Hey, a, I get it. As like a closer. It was fun. It was just mm-hmm. like a really like you know, just f- fun. And it's the yeah. only word I have. It's 100%. it was fun. Uh and I think that unfortunately for for Joan Jett, like her writing on this was just not that great. Sure. I, like that's just it's the unfortunate truth. Let me go. It was okay at yep. best. Uh, Jezebel was I didn't like. I did mm. not like Jezebel at all. Uh, Don't abuse me. I thought was good. Um, that was the one that just her, she wrote. She's the only credited yeah. writer on it. I thought that was probably other than Bad Reputation the strongest Joan Jet Jett song. writing credit. Yeah. Uh, and that's all I got. I don't like Joan Jett. I'm gonna start it out with that. <laughs> I'm going to try to keep some, some of my personal bias out of it. I don't like Joan Jett as a person at all. But with this album, I thought it was it was very much middle of the road. It sounded like kind of every other, you know, kind of punky rock album. Um, I It didn't do anything special for me. Half of it was covers like you guys are talking about. And like Pat was saying, like the songs that she wrote are kind of just okay. Um, like the album's not phenomenal at all. Um like the only like she only has one song off of it and it's bad reputation and you know and and that's in a in of itself it's a it's a decent song i would rather listen to other songs on top of it but sure but so then i will take us sure to the next yeah, album right released next year called i love rock and roll in which the first song is is probably the most popular song i, love I would i would definitely i agree. would say it's probably joan jett and the black hearts most popular song definitively which is a cover Yep. yep. Um, You've been lied to your whole life. This is a cover song. Yeah. Shout out to and, uh, the Arrows who first recorded this song, even though no one has ever heard of them. But we will some point in the future. Probably. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna um discredit this album too much for it, but this album sounded exactly the same as the previous one. Yeah. And I think it was released one year apart. They were probably touring extensively, they and they were being pressured to release something. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be like, oh, why couldn't they grow or anything? Because they were probably just I like, also, okay, what songs do we know? And they wrote some really quickly. I also just think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're similar writers. Like sure. uh, Kenny Laguna was on both of these, and I mean they're doing the covers and stuff. But I think that Joan Jett, her solo work, involved the Blackhearts. And then they formed a band. Yeah, I think you made. So like, I there think are at least just, some musicians yeah. in common that always. So I get think used. that's just part of the problem. Yeah, but I mean, it it was like it was okay, you know, not not terrible. Um, sure. I the uh, if you want a song that I you know enjoyed at least a little bit, I enjoyed "Summertime Blues." Um, it, it was on I think maybe the extended version. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She did a cover of it. Um, I enjoyed it just because I enjoy that song. Yeah, I agree. Beyond that, uh, Little Drummer Boy was weird to have. <laughs> um, so weird. So, so weird. weird. Yeah, it was It was like uh, it, all of a sudden it's kind of a Christmas album. I yeah. mean, hey, good for her for getting her you know, Christmas. Now she can be placed on the Christmas playlists. Beyond that, I thought sure. it was, you know, same as the other one. It was okay. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Do you want me? Okay. Um, I mean, like, I'm going to say I'm higher on this than Alex, but yeah. again, just... This is just a genre in and of itself that I think it's good. It's good. Like when you're when you have good punk albums, and to me, that's definitely more bands like Ramones and like some of Joan Jett's best stuff, where it's just like it's never gonna be my f- make any of my list of my favorite songs. Um, 
but I can listen to it and be content because it's generally just kind of fun. It's like it's very much like the thing about the punk movement yeah. is that they kind of were like, let's go back to the simplicity and energy of like the 50s and early 60s music because, you know, rock and roll has become too excessive. In a lot of ways, it was a pushback against the rise of progressive rock music, which yeah. is, of course, you know, Alex and I, both of our favorite genre. Um, but I still see, you know, the value of of punk um, yeah. for some of these. Um, but it's it's fine. You know, like for the most part, I enjoyed the songs. Um, I enjoy the covers. They sound good. Um, but she's really not writing all that much. And, um, At all. And I was, uh, yeah, Little Drummer Boy, just bizarre. Okay. Which, fun fact, through reading about her putting this on her album, I had no idea. The very first, do you know who originally recorded the very first Little Drummer Boy ever? Uh, I don't know. It can would be can the, I take a guess? You can. Oh, It's you not to... Joan Jett. I'll get. I'll let you know. It's not. She did not record this. I was for the first gonna. Time. I was gonna say. Uh, oh no! Now I think I'm gonna get it wrong. You may. I'm. I was gonna say Frank Sinatra, but I don't think no. that's it. The uh, the Trap family singers, aka like from the Von Trap family of Austrian singers. You know, nice. like Sound of Music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Sound yeah, of Music. Figure. Yeah. You know, like the Von Trap family, the Trap family singers. They that's were crazy. the first people who recorded it. Interesting. Yeah. So I learned that fun fact because of yeah. this album. I would like listen to it again. I don't have any like ill will towards this album or the genre. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, here's here's what I'll say. Um, I echo a lot of what you guys said. Um, for me, it's always funny whenever I listen to what I consider decent to good punk rock. Mm-hmm. I want to play a Tony Hawk skateboard game. Something like that. Yeah, sure. Like sure. I want to. I want to play like Tony Hawk Pro Skater or like something because like. It's just rampant in there. Yeah. Even though I don't know if any of these songs were on any of those games. I don't know. It's just like, it's just the genre. It makes me sure. want to skateboard. Mm-hmm. Totally get that. And I can't skateboard, so it makes you want to play skateboarding games. Yeah, understandable. Um, yeah, for the most part. You want to know something? Yeah. I, I can tell the generational gap between us, because for me, on my Ouch. Tony Hawk games that I had growing up, it was heading more toward the alt-rock punk. Where it was like okay. everything was kind of like a little bit heavier. Yeah, oh, yeah. I so, see. I remember the original Tony Hawk's Pro Skater for the Nintendo sixty four. Yeah, uh, which is how I discovered Goldfinger because Superman is featured yes, prominently on that that, that soundtrack, true. which is just a fantastic song. Uh, yeah, but for me, I mean, I love rock and roll is a great song. Very disappointed to find out it was a cover. I know because I was going into this episode, I was like, well, I know Joan Jett's got one, two, one or two things going for her. Sure, and. Very, very upsetting to find that out. Uh, but again, the covers are good. Um, mm-hmm. Good to really good. Uh, I liked Nag. Totally. Uh, and there that, was the version when the coasters actually yes. sang the backing vocals, which was really cool. Um, that was really interesting. So I enjoyed that. Um, Crimson and Clover was also a good one. Very yeah, different sound for her. Yeah. Um, which I liked because it added a little bit of, of uh, depth to the album. Uh, but again, for the most part... The Jet songs were not that good. Right. They were okay. Be Straight was okay. Um, You're Too Possessive was just, again, maybe okay. Probably a little under okay for me personally. It's just like when she's writing her own stuff, it definitely, like, she's not competing with the covers. Sure. And we've had this happen before, you know, where, you know, but we've also had people like Love and Spoonful. Yeah. Who beat their covers on their album definitely like joan jett is not beating the covers here yeah 
And that's the risk you take when you do covers on your mm-hmm. album. If your original stuff doesn't compete with it, it's going to make it sound worse. Yeah. And I think that's just what happens here. Um, the only one that I think she beat was Little Drummer Boy because it was just weird to have. Yes. And also, it felt rhythmically wrong. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why, considering it's a song about a drummer boy. It just felt weird rhythmically mm. to me. I, I can't explain Words. Oh, gosh. Uh, you right? Can't explain it. I don't know. I just I swallowed my tongue, I guess. Um, but, hey, I'm going to take right, this into yeah. Unvarnished. Let's do that. Now, I'm going to start off with a huge positive. The first track? with Not yet. Okay. Her voice absolutely holds up. Oh, yeah, definitely. Sounds great in comparison to what, though, like, she does not sound any different. A little bit deeper in the vocal, mm-hmm. but still absolutely strong vocals from her. If you like Joan Jett's voice, if that's a voice that you enjoy in her older stuff, you will continue to enjoy it here. Totally. If you didn't like Joan Jett, you won't all of a sudden start. But sure. if you liked her, you're going to keep liking her. Um, and if musically, Joan Jett is now writing almost every song. Yeah, right. And based on what we have told you before, that should give you a little bit of a clue. Yeah. I loved the first track, though. And I, I, I loved the first track, and I, after listening to it, I went back and was like, oh, Dave Grohl helped write that song. Yeah, of course and I he liked played it. every instrument on it. Of course I liked mm-hmm. it. Um, but for the most part, it almost felt like all of the mediocre previous songs that Joan Jett has done mixed in with covers by themselves. I didn't notice too much depth of writing on this. Unfortunately, um, it, it felt decent. It felt okay. But same thing as before, like nothing really stuck out to me. There is no, uh, I love rock and roll on here. There is no bad reputation. There is no song that just grabs you. Um, any weather is the, is the song that she wrote with Dave Grohl. It could, it could end up being that. It could grab you in some way, but it just doesn't hold the candle to the other stuff, I think. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, I'll just pick up right where you left off. I don't have a ton to say about this record. One, uh, because she is writing so much here. It was the first time where I personally, like, obviously the, the lyrics in punk, as we've said many times, are never really meant to impress anyone or to be, like, particularly deep. Uh, but this was the first time where there were a couple of spots where, like, I was like, oh, that was a word choice. Like, yeah. yeah, this is the first album where it took me out of songs a little bit lyric with the lyrics. Um, but in terms of the music itself, in terms of the voice, you know, her voice itself. Yeah. I would say pretty much if you enjoy other Joan Jett albums, there's not really a drop off in quality in this one. You're going to get I exactly what you had that. before. So if you're like, I really like Joan Jett, you're going to like this album probably just as much. It's pretty much right on par uh, with everything else that she was doing. With the exception of, you know, I felt like the the lyrics were a little bit lacking here. Yeah, and I I also Nick, I mean not to not to disagree with you because I agree with you. Yeah, I think that's another kind of the thing that she hid behind the covers. Sure, sure. Because it's like, yeah, hey, yeah, if, if you, every if every second or word. third song mm-hmm. was stronger lyrically because yep. the covers were all stronger lyrically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I it's get not that. this one. It's all her. So by the fourth mm-hmm. song, you're like, ugh, ugh, ooh. Yeah. Right. Yeah, reality mentality was the one for me where I went, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> what are we what yep. are we talking about mm-hmm. here? All right, Alex, go ahead and finish this up. Uh this album sounds better than the other albums. Okay. Like, pro- like production, production wise. wise. Yeah. yeah. Production wise. Sounds great. And that's just because of the time. 
Sure. Um, beyond that, uh, Joan Jett is too old to be singing some of these songs. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it just sounds it sounds a little bit weird when it's like somebody old saying it's hard to grow up. Like I feel like that's that's something like somebody who's like 25 and like doing all this stuff should be like saying, "Oh, I don't want to grow up." Okay, but hold on now. I just that could to play be devil's like advocate, reflecting back on. I just want to play yeah. devil's advocate here because, like, in my head, this is the exact thing in reverse. Do you like the song "Old Man" by Neil Young? Uh, I've never heard it in my life. That's, that's insane. A, that's an absolute lie because Nick and I have performed. That's it true. We have ten feet away times. from uh, uh, multiple Yeah, haven't times. heard. Haven't heard Neil Young do it though. <laughs> that you are missing out, my yeah, friend. Yeah. Okay. I just am, I was curious because uh, that's I think the same thing in reverse. He wrote that song when he was like t- in his early twenties. Yeah. About being an old man. So like this is her writing about being hard to grow up as an older woman. I but, guess so. Um, but I didn't like it. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, and I didn't like the album. And <laughs> we've uh, come to expect the, that. The, uh, uh, do, have you guys seen uh, Dr. Horrible's sing-along block? I absolutely have. I love that one. I have and never heard of this. Th- the last song, Everybody Needs a Hero, reminded me of uh, Everyone's a Hero in Their Own Way. From yes. Me. You know who's in it that, Nick? Based like on that. our very personal thing that happened yesterday when we played our what we call the movie game. Yeah, sure. Nathan Fillion's in Fascinating. That. Uh, so funny, <laughs> funny thing that you mentioned that. Uh, I will just bring up, since you called out the song Everybody Needs a Hero, that is specifically the only song on this record where Joan Jett herself does not have a writing credit. That is true. So That's uh, very good true. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> good for she us, She dodged too. it. Uh, um, um, but yeah, I didn't like it, so let's get the let's, Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so Cultural impact. Yeah, no amount of Alex not liking it is going to take away points from Joan Jett and the Black Knights no. here. Obviously, they've Zero. been in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame since 2015, I believe. They were inducted with, I want to say, Bill Withers and Stevie Ray Vaughan of people we've covered so far in the same year. Uh, off the top of my yeah. head, I believe they were uh, you're, all the same You're batch. also, I mean, very famously, Joan Jett is in the Long Island Music Hall of Fame. That's even more from important From the class of 2006. Yeah. Even though she was born in Pennsylvania. That's correct. Joan we'll, Jett we'll is also her. number 87 on Rolling Stone's 100 Greatest Guitarists of All Time. Interesting. Which, uh, that I is don't interesting even think she was, she, well, I will say she was... Not the best guitarist in the Runaways. That is true. Lita Ford was. Yeah. Another I, reason why Rolling Stone sucks. Not. I, I mean, Lita <laughs> Ford might be higher on that list. I, I don't know. Yeah, just but. I thought that was a little interesting. That like I would not have expected that. Sure. Um. But look, that we're we're looking at points here. Obviously. Oh no, yeah. Exactly. I mean, Joan Jett, Joan Jett, and Joan Jett and the Black Cards are very culturally impactful. You know For who they sure. are. You've heard now, I love rock I, and roll. Go ahead. Can I throw out a number, please? Sure. I think Joan Jett is very important to the kind of, you know, um, the girl band, um, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of females being like, hey, we can take over the scene. We can do absolutely and her solo career and with the Runaways. I think it's important yeah. that she was a yeah. member of that. Uh, that yeah. Group. Well, we'll talk about the Runaways, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Right. But I mean, like it is. So are we of... are we kind of including the Runaways as part of this? We're not. No, no, we're we're, we're going to do them. The but I'm just saying I'm going th- to throw this out here. She has okay. kind of two big singles: "Bad Reputation," "I Love Rock and Roll." Yeah. Uh, I hate myself She's for known loving as, you. Is that what's that? It was. I hate oh, myself for loving you. Was like a top ten single for her, and that album also went platinum. That it was on. What album was that? Uh, "Up Your Alley" from 1988. Right, and so she, she also has, did write that song. So she has wow. three songs, two of which she wrote. And I think she's a very impactful person. I'm looking, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. Sure. High fives, low sixes. I'm a little. A little above that. 
I'm not I'm, much I'm, above that. Yeah. But typically for... Her floor was three for being in the Rock and yes. Roll Hall of Fame. Um, but I do agree that it's probably in the sixes. I was thinking in like the mid to higher sixes. I would be okay with like a six five six. I, six that's yeah. exactly where I was thinking. Just a bit more than that because of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame floor plus three bigger hits plus just right. kind of the icon status of Joan Jett. I agree. I mean, like you it's love not her, like, hate her. You know who she is, and it's not like she sold poorly. It's not like these are just like niche hits. Like the album I love, Rock and Roll, did sell ten million copies worldwide. Yes. So I mean, like that's significant success. I think. So is, is sales in in cultural impact or sales in, in sales is breadth not of work. So sales it, is it is a part of breadth of work. But if so, but sometimes if we're not familiar with an artist, for instance, like the Cardigans, it's really helpful to see that they've sold 15 million records and where they've charted all over the world because that does show a sense of how impactful. popular that they were. I'm you know just what asking because I, mean? I always forget. That's now fair. I think I think it's it's totally fair for our purposes. It definitely helps us understand uh, how yeah. popular certain people were, just to see where they chart and things like that. Because sometimes you might think someone's a one hit wonder when they really were successful. So That's so true. we use so we use sales just so I can I can get it in my head. We use sales as a. It's under breath of work. Like if they sell really well, that's kind of goes yes. under breath yeah. of work. But like and that's mixed it's a jumping sure. off point for culture unpack just to inform us. Okay, exactly. yeah, it, it definitely helps. It Good helps for me us and hopefully for the our blind spots. Yes, agreed. Uh, so that being said, breath of work, uh, she has sold well. Although um, she only has two albums that went platinum in the United States and one that went gold. Uh, one of those did sell 10 million copies worldwide, and you know she has enough sales figures that are going to boost her number here. Uh, and she has 14 total studio albums. Yes. Now, we can, if we want a little bit, take into consideration how many of these tracks are covers. Uh, not a lot of it, but a little bit here if you want. Yeah. So just real quick, um, the Wikipedia credits 14. It is including Joan Chet and Ben. Oh, Reputation. okay. So, th- 13, so 13. 13. I was looking at it. I'm like, I saw the way they listed it. And yeah. I'm like, uh, no. So 13. It's still more than... Double yeah, the average. Exactly. Um, I do want to take away some points for how much of it is covers, mm-hmm. especially since I, I But listened. I just say not not significantly here. Significantly for songwriting oh, and poetic. Absolutely. We're not gonna here. we're not gonna take off multiple points what or I'm, even a whole yeah, point. But. I, I mean not enough to get her out of the sixes because I think with thirteen albums and millions in sales, you gotta be at least in that six range. Yes, but I think the quality of it doesn't add I any don't, points. I think it's just fine the way it is. Yeah, and I think that um, you do lose just a little bit for the amount of, of cover work. Sure. So instead of her being like, I would probably be leaning towards like a 6.5-ish for mm-hmm. her. But now a little I'm bit lower I'm leaning maybe there. like a 6.2. And I'm totally fine with that. Uh, as far as instrumental talent is concerned, the thing about punk is that it generally does not showcase it's really complex arrangements. Simple. It's relatively simple. But that being said, Joan Jett is a talented singer. Yes. And she does have moments on the few songs that have like real lead parts to show that yeah. she can play well. But the nature of most of these songs is that they're just not musically complex. Right. And I don't think anyone did a bad job. Oh, I agree. But this is just not a category where she can score super well. No. Uh, but I don't think she scores badly either. I think we usually go into a punk rock act ex- assuming that instrumental talent is going to be a place that hurts. I don't necessarily think it's bad here. Sure. I get where you're coming from. I mean, like I had said previously, Joan Jett's number 87 on the 100 Greatest Guitarists mm-hmm. of All Time for Rolling Stone. So she's obviously been recognized for her guitar work. 
I also think that as a punk singer specifically, she's very near the top. I agree. Um, as a just a general singer, she's roughly middle of the pack, mm-hmm. so she's not losing points there. Agree. I'd be leaning towards like the low fives. I would be totally fine with that. Um, Alex, do you have any issues with our reasoning here? No. Okay. All yeah, right, so good. Like I just wanted to like make sure. Five, let's do like sure. a five-three. Uh, all right, do five-two. I'm okay with five-two. Actually, I lean just because I don't like Joan Jett. Well, that's I don't agree <laughs> with that. Um, but songwriting, look, I mean, it's, it's not a good score because it's, now not only are we incorporating what we said about all the covers, but we're incorporating what we say about punk rock music being all just of it not complex. Is simple. It's, and it's yeah. I, like again, we also noticed that the songs that she was a writer on that weren't covers weren't were significantly strong. weaker. Right, and her covers aren't arranged poorly, no, or anything like that. They're just it's just very simple. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean it's not. I'm a good in sport. like I could be easily in the threes here. I think that is fair enough to give credence to to what she does in fact write. Yeah, so like a three, a three, a three. I'm okay with it. Uh, poetic talent, I'd be a little lower on. Yeah, and that's the big problem here with poetic talent. Uh, one, again, punk rock doesn't strive for vocal or no. like lyric superiority in a way, um, or or poetry. And I think that the covers existing hurt because she didn't write those words, so that mm-hmm. already hurts. And then the words that she did write, as you had mentioned, Nick, um, made a lot of these okay songs a little worse, especially in the last album. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I'd be willing to go like maybe in the low twos. I would be fine with a two. Um, yeah, I, maybe like a two one or a two two. Just sure, a I'll little. Give her, you know what? I'll give her a two two because I went with Alex's lower score and yeah. instrumental, and let's just be. Uh, I'm fine now, with a two two. Okay. Uh, what do we think about X Factor? Is there anything here? Uh, here's the thing. Okay, I, I I haven't mentioned all of the like bad stuff involved in mm-hmm. Joan Jett's life. Sure. Um, and we don't. I don't necessarily want to give her X Factor points for it. Uh, and there's yeah. some stuff that I'm not going to talk about. Uh, there's some some triggering events. There's a specific triggering event that happened that uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the person to, to talk about it. Sure, uh, go um, look um, it up if you're interested. Yeah, there's a controversies page. There's a controversies tab on Joan Jett's Wikipedia page. If you are interested, and, but there is an assault trigger warning that I'm telling you now. That um, she was a witness to. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about Joan Jett. You can talk Joan about Joan Jett, Jett. Doesn't like Rush. I I knew. Give her I negative five. So so now we know why he hates yeah. her. I think that. Just oh no, goes I into, I didn't like Joan Jett before either. Don't get me wrong. Uh, that probably has so. a lot to do with what I was saying about punk rock generally being a reaction to what they saw as excess in progressive oh, rock. Yeah, I, which I obviously Alex and I disagree with. I get that. Um, But yeah, I mean, so obviously she has that one big controversy. The other thing about Joan Jett that's really interesting that I I had mentioned to you guys off off mic was like her reluctance, which again, you're entitled to your opinion, but she was very reluctant to to come out. Yes. And has not officially at this point come out as far as the world is aware, uh, whether she's, um, you know, a member of the LGBT community or not. Uh, she was outed by Lita Ford, as you um, you had mentioned her before. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had quit the band of she'd quit the Runaways because all the other members were gay, 
and that's which is a huge problem for Lita Ford. Yes, Uh, but Uh, Lita Ford. We'll get into that later. Two big problems: one, you quit the band because everyone was gay. That's pretty offensive. Don't out people. Totally. Don't out people. Like I would never out you, Nick, for all of your gayness. Thank you. (laughs) I'm kidding. I love you. I love you too. Um, But seriously, like. Y- y- you don't out people. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. It's, that's somebody's story to tell, 100%. and it's not your story to tell. Um, but the problem that I have with Joan Jett and her refusing to out herself is that she then got like really offended when there was an LGBT film festival that didn't want to show her documentary because she wasn't out. She didn't declare. Mm. And she's like, how much more can I declare? I have this necklace that's the symbol, the 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 Labrys, I think it's called. I'm not sure. Uh, it's the symbol of the the two, you know, like the the male and female symbol. It's those. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, two sure, female sure, sure. symbols intertwined. Um, she's like, "What is this? Uh, the the two axes crossing each other? Like, you know, I have this as a tattoo and a similar sim- symbol. Like, I don't know how much more you can declare." And it's like, Joan, you could say it. Right. You could declare it. Yeah. You don't have to. No. Ah, you do declare. You don't have to declare. That is not. your personal right to do or not do. But you can't not ever do it. And then get mad when people say you haven't done it. That's all I'm going to say. I don't think Joan Jett gets any axe factor. I just wanted to point that out because I don't like it. And now we move on to Adele. <laughs> all right. Adele Laurie Blue Atkins uh, is an English singer-songwriter. Um, obviously, Best known as <laughs> Best Adele. known as Adele. Uh, one of the world's best-selling musical artists uh, with over 120 million record sales. Which is wild. Because yes. she has... Only three Only records. three records. So we did them all. Uh, she's been active from 2006 to the present day. Uh, no breaks for her. And we went over all three of her records, 19, 21, and 25. And before we get too far, I love the theme. I love the theme of the records. Like, so that she's just just the numbers. We're assuming that the next one is going to be 33. Well, I mean, if she writes, if she well, I'm just saying there year. were two years between 19 and 21, then four years between 21 and 25. So the pattern that's developing is that there will be 33, and I th- then I'm pretty sure I guess 49, sure 30. Yeah, and then, that's true. No, it I'm is going to sure. be 30. It is going to be yeah. 30. It's just been delayed in production for a while. It's yes, not, it's not ready. Um, but you know, I just I love that she's doing it like that. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's cool. Like it's interesting to me. Um. But we went over those three. I will go first because I yes. have not yet gone first. Yeah, you set yourself up to go first for this he one. He did. I really, Buddy boy. I really didn't. Um, he did. He wanted to talk about Egg White, but I'm not going to let him. <laughs> Egg White co-wrote the song Chasing Pavements on this. Um, honestly, so yeah, 19, uh, she is young. Uh, it's at, How old at, was she for this record then? Um, I would guess she was 19, but uh, she actually was like 18, 19 when she recorded right. and released it. It's... That's the theme, guys. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing for me on this, which Nick and I discussed, was the thickness of her Cockney accent, mm-hmm. uh, which does not exist on her more popular albums, Correct. Uh, which is 21 and, and to a lesser extent, 25. Uh, very thick Cockney accent here. Uh, but still, you get that killer Adele vocal. Uh, she, is, she is a top-notch vocalist, to be sure. Um, a total balladeer in a good way, but she's got that like sultry, soulful voice as well. Uh, you get a, a much clearer, pure tone from Adele than you than you're used to, I think, um, and that's just part of her being young. Yeah, uh, with the exception of "Chasing Pavements," uh, which is the big hit from this one. It's the one from this record you would have heard of. Uh, maybe also to make you feel my love, 
which is, of course, a Bob Dylan cover, as most songs are. <laughs> most songs in the world are Bob Dylan covers, as you will find out. But I think Chasing Pavements is a huge uh, kind of gut check for for Adele. It's the, like the first two songs, Daydreamer and Best for Last, I thought were good plus not yet, mm. not yet great, but good plus. They were they were there. They were enjoyable. I really, you know, I enjoy her voice. I enjoy the vibe she was going for there. Chasing Pavements is the one where you you take a breath and you're like, oh, she's something special. Um, and then I think for you know going through here uh, with Cold Shoulder, which was produced by Mark Ronson, mm-hmm. uh, who we love because we do Valerie. That's correct. Uh, by the Zootons. Which is, you know, I'm not going to six degrees. Nope, I thought from you were going to talk business. about uh, Uptown Funk. Oh uh, yeah, Uptown Funk as well. Mark Ronson's a, is a famous producer. That is correct. Yeah. Um, but everything else on this album shows variation, which is strong. Shows vocal just talent throughout. Even at such a young age, like she has a powerful voice, and I really enjoyed every track on this album. Personally, I enjoyed uh, the closer. Hometown Glory was a good one as well. Those are my highlights. That's my piece. Good night. Okay. Well, then I will say some things. So uh, I had never heard 19 before. Like when Adele got really huge with 21, I listened to all those, you know, all those songs. I got to know that a little bit better. And then later found out that she was British. And I was like, well, that doesn't come through in her vocals at all. You never would have guessed that she had a Cockney accent. And then uh, as Pat mentioned, you can hear it here. This is the only time in her singing ever that you can really hear what her accent is, which is fine for me. I I really enjoy British accents uh, in in singing, as I've mentioned multiple times on this podcast. Uh, so that was kind of cool and different. So you can hear the way her voice changes and kind of matures through the albums. Uh, and I really liked the fact that she actually played uh, a handful of instruments on some of these songs. So she does do some guitar. She does play some bass. She plays uh, the Celesta on one uh, one of the tracks as well. And all of the arrangements here for pretty much every song are very sparse, which is exactly yeah. as they should be for a record like this. Like you're not, the music here is only to support what she's doing because her main instrument is the vocals. What's supposed to be highlighted in every song is the vocals. And I think the very sparse arrangements uh, are done very nicely in a way that complements that throughout. And then as I'm listening, I'm like, I guess if I was going to make a critique, it would be like maybe there should be one or two songs with bigger arrangements to just kind of like show a little bit more range. Sure. Uh, and then as I was writing that down, the song Right As Rain came on. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that kind of covers exactly what I was talking about. And I, that ended up being one of the highlights of the record for me, for sure. You know what I was thinking when I was listening to this, and I forgot to say it, but this is the record that I wish we got from Whitney Houston. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Like, because that yeah. was the big problem with Whitney. Oh, 100%. Was like that would be a lot of that, like, really like cheesy, overdone '80s badness. Yeah. was just ruining her killer totally. vocals. Yeah, if there was a record- just a beautiful stripped down, mm-hmm. like I'm gonna sing and you're gonna listen. Totally album. agree. Ugh. Totally agree. All right, oh. Alex, go ahead. You can finish this up here. I absolutely hate Adele, is what I would say if I was a crazy person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You guys took most of what I was going to say about this album. Um, One of the things I will say is Best for Last, the second track on the album, which Pat said is OK Plus, is a wonderful song. 
and she's playing. I don't bass think I said it. that song was and OK Plus. I said the first no, you two said songs. you said one and two yeah, were OK Plus, track. and Chasing oh, Pavement I thought you said was second to last. No, I said second track. It, oh, it's yeah, yeah. called Best for Last. Yeah. Sorry, I'm sleeping. That's OK. She plays the bass on that track, and if mm-hmm. you listen to it, like immediately, you're like, "Oh, she's playing some chords on the bass. That's pretty cool." And then she starts laying down this funky groove, and it's totally. like, "Okay, Adele, I see you. Like, come on." <laughs> um, beyond that, um, I kind of echo a lot of what you guys said. Um, I think she's super talented for only being uh, probably what 19 when she recorded this. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably, I think one of the reasons she probably got rid of, like, the accent's a little stronger here is because I think she did finish school, potentially. She had, like, just I mean, finished Pedis, school. Uh, yeah, so she's probably going through, like, vocal training and all that. Yeah, so. right. But, yeah, so yeah. then I guess I will take us right into, into 21, 21 um, which came out um, about three years later in 2011. Um, and, you know, this was, and I'm just saying this to make you guys feel old. This this album, all these songs were man. These were the highlights of my middle school years. <laughs> I remember hearing all of them in the car on the way to and from school. Yeah, wow. In my middle school, no, yep. I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but uh, I think it's very rare you get artists who have four really big songs on. Uh, I could argue five actually really big songs. I was going to say five. Album. Yeah, because I I actually when I was listening to this. From from looking at the names, I remembered Rolling in the Deep, great song. Yep. Rumor has it, Set mm-hmm. Fire to the Rain and Someone Like You. I you didn't remember, remember I didn't remember it by name, but oh, once okay. I heard it, yeah, I was like, okay, I know this song. It's my favorite song on um, the record. Yeah, it, it was a great song. She, Adele sounds wonderful on this. Um, she doesn't play any instruments, which is unfortunate. It is. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this album thoroughly. I think Adele is great. Um, and I'll turn it over to you guys to have some more insightful information to give us. Yeah, I'll go second. Uh, you said a lot of it. Just five absolute bangers. Huge hits for her on this album. Five out of 11 is just incredible. Yeah. And the other, I mean, the other songs, Take It All, uh, One and Only, were both minor hits as well. And very good songs. And very good. I mean, the whole track, the whole album is very good songs. Mm-hmm. Let's be clear on that. But like five huge hits with two minor hits out of an eleven track album is unheard of. Just, yeah, I mean rare. that's unheard of. It's rare. It's, it's super rare. So I mean, I think this season we had you two who came close. They had with three. three. Yeah. One day when we do Boston and their first album, like everything on that was huge. Right, but, but you I mean, know, it's rare. Part, it's rare. It's but like you rare. have to like really think about which albums yeah. have this kind of thing. So just. Absolutely. And and while I do agree that it sucks that she didn't play more instruments, the one thing that I will give her credit for, she is credited as the first writer on almost all of these songs. Only love song is she's not credited at all. That's because it's I a, think the she, cure. So. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, she th- was like that for the uh, other album, too, though. Yes. Sure. But I mean, just showing that even though she's not playing a bunch of instruments, she's still writing these songs. Oh, yeah. Right. She has the ability to play instruments so that yeah. she can write these songs and actually I just wanted be the to one hear her play more. Oh, I, I, I agree. agree. Um, but really enjoyed all of these. Rolling in the Deep is the opening track. And if that song if that song doesn't get you feeling away, just with that like bump like that just that movement in it, that rhythm in it. Absolutely love it. Then you get it right into Rumor Has It, which is you're she's now mixing up her styles. It's not just 
Adele sitting in a stool singing ballads, which mm-hmm. is kind of the vibe you get from the first album. Sure. Um, even though she was playing all the instruments, you still got that, like, I'm sitting on a stool singing my songs kind of vibe. This one, you're getting, like, a lot more movement, a lot more rhythm, and then you're getting the whole, like, turning tables, sitting down at a piano kind of feel. You know what I mean? You're getting that stuff. Then you get right into Set Fire to the Rain after that, where you're just, like, again, changing the dynamic, changing the tempo, keeping you guessing. Uh, I thought that we were going to have an issue with Adele being, uh, like, a, a singles artist and not an album artist because we've had that kind of I loved this album as an album I loved the dynamic throughout I felt like there was some some movement throughout the whole thing I love that there was some moments when she just went I'm gonna sing a song now Um, take it all is a big one one and only is a big one Um, where she just does that where she just sits and just it's hard to say there's a theater term called park and bark uh, which I'm famous for (laughs) Where uh, mainly because I can't dance, but it's just where you just stand in a spot and you sing your song, oh. and you're just like going, going, going. You, it's, you so said park is, and bark. So this is hilarious. I said Tucker was going to be the one to do that, but that's not. Alex's dog Buster. I can't yeah, it was believe my dog Buster, who is uh, the offender for right now. Come that's on, okay. That's okay. He does like um, to be loud. But seriously, for me, like I I loved every song on this. Sure. Yeah. And it's 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 been a while since I've had an album where it was just top to bottom great. And vocally, I know it's only two years. The maturity between her vocals was incredible to listen totally. to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. There was it was really good to hear that difference uh, in her training that that has clearly you know changed a little bit about what she sings. I mean, obviously the the general voice that she has you might not recognize all of the changes right away unless you know you're really digging into vocals um but it it sounds great she sounds great the songs again i will compliment on the arrangements again are not complex the arrangements are mostly very sparse they're there to do the job to highlight the vocalist um which i think they do maybe even a little bit better on this album than they did on 19 uh again like what so what's kind of really cool about these is like you could go and learn an adele album in a day like yeah go learn all these songs it's it's not hard to play them but they have character and they do the job which is so much better than if they were like all right let's write some like really let's get you know rick wakeman in here to lay down some insane keyboards for this like no that would have taken away from what makes these songs great yeah um as they are so Uh, I do really like that, and I will say another thing that no one talked about, I think, for this record is uh, the way that Rick Rubin was trying to make it sound was based entirely on her live shows. So live performances by Adele, he was basically, his quote was he was trying to capture her live show across her record. So, and I think that comes together really well, and it has a lot to do with what I'm saying about the arrangements. Um you know, simple is best. Simple is really best for for these tracks. It really makes them pop. Yeah, I I love it. I completely yeah. agree. All right, so let's move on to uh, twenty five. Sure. And so twenty five obviously starts with the huge, enormous hello. hit. Yes, it's me. Uh, hello from the Otter Slide. One of my favorite memes of whenever this year came out, <laughs> uh, whatever year this was, this came out. Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Yes. Um, it's a great song. I mean, it's such a powerful vocal. Yeah. 
Uh, it's one of her, I think, best individual vocals that she's got on record. It's, yeah. it's really a fantastic song. Uh, and I thought, by name, it was the only one that I knew uh, from this record. Like, 21 was the one where I felt like I knew most of the songs right away. This one's like, okay, I know Hello, but I've listened to the last two Adele albums. I'm looking forward to whatever else this has yeah. in store for me. Uh, the second track, Send My Love to Your New Lover, I did recognize right away. Uh and it was probably, and I'm going to say this, it's not a bad song. It was probably my least favorite Adele song so far when it came up. It felt maybe more so than any of her other stuff, like, trendier. And I mean that not in a way where she was, because you're, you're, she's Adele. She doesn't yeah. have to be, like, whatever she puts on vinyl or, you know, whatever she lays down, people are going to buy that on the merits I of just, it being I her love Adele. that you went right to vinyl. Of course. Whatever she puts on vinyl. People whatever she puts on her wax cylinders, exactly. I will pick up at my local market. Exactly. So I think that's generally like genuinely something that she enjoyed and wanted to yes. do. Like that was a direction that that she chose cuz she doesn't have to do anything that she doesn't want to. Um but it just wasn't as good for me. Uh and then track 3 I miss you. Uh, the backing vocals took me out of it a little bit. I felt like the I tone that. on the backing vocals was not good. It kind of was a little bit more aggravating. Uh, and so all of a sudden, I was like, I'm a little nervous because Hello was great. And these next two tracks, like, they were just probably my two least favorite Adele songs so far. Like, they, they were... Mm. And it gets better and better as it goes on. I think the yeah. second half of the record um, is stronger for sure. I thought the the one song that I didn't know that really jumped out to me is like back to like that perfect sparse arrangement that highlights her voice so well was million years ago. Yeah. I loved that. I really loved yeah. that. Uh, and then all so at the end of the day, weakest Adele album for me because it was the only one where I like heard things where I was like ah, I wouldn't have made that choice. Ah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't particularly enjoy that. If I. I will re-listen to this. It's the only one where I would even consider skipping a track. Uh, but that being said, it's never offensive. It's never bad. Right. It's just songs that I didn't particularly like for her, mixed in with a lot of songs that I do. Sure. So that's that's it's about as negative on Adele as I can get. Is like a few <laughs> tracks here um, that I just didn't think were right. you know at all her best work. Alex, give us your opinion now that you've calmed down, Buster. Yeah, Buster is is now calm i don't i actually don't know where he is um i really enjoyed this uh sorry my mic's falling out i really enjoyed this album um i thought it was amazing um she's really you know growing um the songs on it are i i really enjoyed like nick said some of them are a little bit sleeper but for the most part i i i think adele's just a beautiful singer so i oh, just, yeah. i'm always just like amazed at all of it um the song nick didn't say which i will say because i'm, I'm sure he knew it was my favorite yeah, song. yeah yeah all I ask, which is toward the end of the album, oh my God, what an amazing song. And what an amazing vocal performance, too. And what's great about this song is that it was actually written by, by one of uh, my favorite artists of recent times, Bruno Mars. Yeah. Who, who did a cover of it, and that's also amazing, but this isn't about Bruno Mars, it's about Adele. Um, but she sounds great in this um, album. Uh, and, and, and I like, we're saying this is one of her weaker albums, but it still has, you know, three, four singles on it, like that, that, you know, really well, which is amazing for, you know, uh, one person with like three records to do, like have this many consistent singles. Um, so I love Adele and I love this album. Okay. So I will go. 
And what I will say is I loved it. I loved it. Um, Hello is a great song. Uh, the only Adele song that we've covered, I think. Uh, I think you might be right. Yeah, that we've like legitimately covered. Um, I think so. Uh, top to bottom, really, really great stuff. I understand your criticisms of I Miss You and Send My Love to Your New Lover. Uh, I just, again, it to me, it just showed a different side of Adele's ability. Uh, semi love to your new lover has like this like like just like really rhythmic like high swing. Right. It it was co-written by Max Martin, who I, I believe she sought out uh, yeah. specifically for to get that that sound, which that makes a generally ton of you know sense. as a general rule when Max Martin is a co-writer, they're usually not my favorite songs. That's they're okay. not. It's not designed for me. It's understandable. Uh, I will I will not knock you for that. I will say what I did find hilarious Adele has added another instrument to her repertoire yes she plays the drums in hello Mm -hmm. what yeah (laughs) okay sure why not um so she's she's now added the drums and she also plays guitar and piano on various tracks throughout this uh but like okay cool that's great uh when we were young was one of the big highlights for me absolutely beautiful song I've heard that one before but just, just the, her voice is so impressive to me. The way that she has so much emotion in her voice, but it never sounds whiny. So, like when we got to this point of, I'm going to bring up Sam Smith, another prominent British belter. Sure. Uh, when we got to this point in Sam's discography, a lot of their songs were starting to sound whiny at some points, and they got a little more poppy, which we don't. Yeah, I was going to say the music but the vocally, Sam got vocally just a little bit more whiny. Um, this doesn't. She stays fully emotive without it ever sounding like it's like whiny or complainy. And, and, and I really enjoy that. Um, all I ask, I would throw that song right up with any of the top ballads of all time. Like, legitimately, it has all of the ingredients of like one of those big like and I will always love you style it's got the key change it's got the 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 this this just the vocal here it is sure dude just just thinking about that song is giving me goosebumps seriously no <laughs> it, like it was love it. incredibly impressive to me a million years ago it was also as you said another beautiful like stripped down kind of you know it brought me simplistic. back to the glory days of Adele you know like two years before <laughs> Uh, a lot of really simplistic stuff on that one, but really good. The one thing, and and Nick, I want to let you know I did some research, and I feel better about what I'm mm-hmm. about to say. The one thing that I had a, an issue with on this one was her voice sounded a lot more gritty. Yeah. And gritty in a very specific way. Gritty in a way that meant, oh, this person smokes cigarettes. That's just, it's a very distinct sound in a singer's voice when they smoke cigarettes. And I was like, oh, no, if that's what her voice sounds like now, don't get me wrong, 10 out of 10. But I was like, oh, man, I'm worried for like 20 years from now, Adele then. Yeah. But I found out. Well, she allegedly quit smoking. In- she quit smoking in 2011. So before this album came out, she had already quit. And a lot of what we're hearing here is just her recovering from vocal surgery. Yeah, that, that's which certainly. I feel better about. Uh, because I was I was legitimately like we cannot lose this voice because she smokes cigarettes. <laughs> she actually 
disagrees. She said her voice got weaker. She got it. Yeah, she she said the people with the best voices always smoke. I've given up smoking, and I'm convinced that made my voice weaker. Is her yeah, quote. and I don't think it did. No, I don't think so. I, I just just maybe like there's less calluses on your throat, so maybe you feel like your voice hurts a little more. But you're gonna be able to sing for longer, Adele. Yeah, trust me. It's it's definitely for the best. Um, but again, just three absolute top tier albums from Adele. Cannot wait to see what's next. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so then let's greater. Greater. Uh, I think we're gonna start with a pretty good score. Yeah, I, I would argue that Adele is famous. I would argue that people might know who Adele is. Uh, did we mention that Twenty One was the highest selling album of the 2010s? No. It is the highest selling album of the 2010s. We should have. You know what we're also going to get to? Two weeks in a row, Bond song. Yeah, Yeah, Bond song. Two weeks in a row, we got the Bond song, Billie Eilish, and then Adele with Skyfall. before you get that excited about that, what if I told you we didn't have any artists with an eponymous album? Because Joan Jett's one was Bad Reputation. No, it it does hurt. No eponymous albums. It does hurt. It's... It breaks our, our long-running streak of eponymous albums. If only Adele could have named these albums. Adele is 19. But, Adele is 21. I mean, here's the thing. Joan Jett's debut album it was originally titled It was originally Joan titled Joan So I'm keeping yes. the streak alive. All right. I, I think we can keep the streak alive. All right, good. All right. Just wanted to, to throw it out there. There, it's It got close there. It's, yeah. like, it's like when you have a hit streak going on in baseball mm-hmm. and you get your hit in the ninth. Sure. Like, it was close. It was close. <laughs> but um all right anyway what's your number throw it out i mean it's a, 9.2 we're at least in the high eights probably low nines i was thinking a 9192 myself i'm totally fine with that everyone well. has heard of adele she is a global superstar yeah and she is like the the current like whitney houston i would sure. say totally agree uh so we've got competing factors uh to go in with breadth of work one yes. being she only has three records, so sure. she's starting from a two and a half. The other thing being that between those three records, she has already sold 120 million records. Right, so if we so extrapolate like that incredible. to average, if she gets to average, she'll have sold 240 million Which records in this Which will make her pace. one of the, the highest-selling artists of all time, for sure. Which she already is. Which Right, exactly. 120, so like... yeah. And I think we all agree there's that the only, quality is very strong in her oh, discography. Yeah. There's only one artist with more, uh, with with the same amount of records and more sold, which is Bruno Mars. Oh yes. wow! Okay, that's yeah, that's crazy. that sounds about right. It, yeah. it it is an incredibly fast pace for her. Yeah, and it really yeah. helps crazy. all the singles. Honestly, when you're talking about those um, those rec- record yeah. totals, like having so many singles that are really successful, it's it's helpful for sure. Uh, so where does that put us? I mean, we're our hands I are mean, a little tied by the the three records, but I, don't I think, think they're she that can still tied. get a good score. I honestly, I don't think they're that tied. L- let me put it this way: if we're comparing her to say Eagles from season two, sure, who had seven records instead of three, and who sold uh, two hundred million instead of one hundred and twenty million, uh huh. That's little less than half the album's about eighty million less in sales, so she should score less points than them. How much do they did they score? Uh like a nine two or a nine three. I'll double check for you right now though. Yeah. I mean I'm not they saying scored a nine three. Okay. If that's the ceiling for Adele, I'm okay with it. I'm okay, but like I'm I'm in the eights. Let me be clear. Yeah. I know there's I, only three yeah, albums. I mean, but I can't be highest. super high in the eights. Personally, just because of the Half of the albums of a lot of these other 
artists that we're talking about. Yeah, but I mean, if you just if you yeah, but so like if you extrapolate double the that, sales mm-hmm. of half the artists. Yeah, we've I, already, if I, she I, continues this pace, she oh. will outsell Eagles. You're right, but she hasn't yet. I know. and that's something that like revisiting this in ten years with another album or two out, then we might be really talking a high score here. I like even. You know, I understand well where you're coming nines. from. I'm, not I'm just trying saying... to say, like, let's talk about Adele as she is now and not Adele as she will be 10 years right. from now. But Adele as she is now has an album just in the United States that went three times platinum, an album that went 11 times platinum, right. and then an album that went 14 times platinum right. just in the United States. Oh, of course. Like, just the just the album sales in the U.S. is in the is in the platinum to diamond range 14 times platinum is over a diamond correct so is 11 so she now, has two diamond on. records oh right i i very much have a question please nick are you saying that we shouldn't talk about like the future in in this at all not necessarily i'm just okay, saying in I terms rem- of i remember in terms of her, i remember there was a band that, that you were happened. arguing f- i remember right that there was a band but that wasn't about for. breadth of work i never okay, extrapolated I just, anyone's breadth of work beyond what it already okay. is all right, I was just—I just wanted to ask real quick. I think just can, other categories. You can, can make be speculation <laughs> about yeah. things that aren't solid. I want to let you know, Alex. I thought the same thing, and I was like, I'm not going to say it. No, we're having fun. Oh, I am. We're having say a good time. Could, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Nick said he's in the eights, but not the high eights. I'm in the I'm low eights. I'm going to try to push him a little up. I'm going to say eight point six. That's honestly right where I was thinking. I was thinking in the above middle eights. Because I will give you middle eights. You'll give an eight five. I'll give you I eight mean, five. I can live with an eight five. I I I think that that's fair because I understand it's half of the average. But uh, right, the sales you know, are are incredible. Twenty one sold thirty one million as an album, of course, worldwide, of course. Like you got, and that's why she's getting. That's why she's broken all precedent here. I but see the thing is I don't know if, I don't necessarily think she's broken all precedent because. It's just in terms of number. I of- think she's just set a new precedent. If you sell 120 million albums, I don't care how many records you have. Okay. If you have one album yeah. that sold 120 million well, records, well, then you would have by far the highest selling record of all time. Sure, <laughs> but I'm saying if you do that, I'm going to put you at right around an eight. Okay. Guess what? Yeah, you're significantly below the number, but I cannot argue with Duly the result. Noted. Uh, okay. Instrumental talent, we know that Adele's a remarkably talented vocalist. Yes. I mean, she's very easily in the discussions for the greatest vocalists we've covered on the show. I she's don't in there. disagree with that at all. Like, you'd have to bring up her name in that list. And we're, we've, we've covered some incredible vocalists. Yeah. And she's pretty talented at Multi-instrumental as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I, God, I wish we got more than just like a track I here agree. and there. I agree. Uh, I wanted to hear more of her for sure. Um, I want her to eventually put out like a like a McCartney styled album. I totally agree. Where it's just she just plays totally everything top agree. to bottom. I would love to hear that. Um, that being said, I'm not a ten for reasons oh, of yeah. the rest of the music behind it. While I complimented the way that it complimented her voice always, yeah. it just has to be taken into account that the rest of the music was perfect for the song, but not complex or super right. difficult or like virtuosic playing on any of the interest but i like do that. i mean i think that we all agree that we're in the nine range i do right? i do agree with okay that. yeah yeah because i'm thinking right around like a nine four ish and i think a full nine of those points is adele by herself and point four gets added in for passable other musicians what do you think about that alex a full nine you said nine point four 
is what I wanted to get. Oh, okay. I, I'm sorry. I thought you said full nine. You um, said a full nine just for Adele herself and the point four for the other <laughs> yeah. musicians involved. I was I was breaking it up. <sighs> Are you lower yeah, okay. or higher? I I, I want to say higher, but I think a nine four is, is good. I think yeah, I I'm think trying that's to be, yeah. I think that's I'm just fair. trying to be a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now I will say what we have not covered before, uh, which you know, breadth of work because of the sales, like really tore her out of this category. We still have to take in consideration. There's only three a small amount of work of for these next two categories. Yeah. So while we were in the stratosphere for her first three categories, she's not going to do as well here with only three albums. And also a lot of the songs are are co-writes even though I, sure. yeah how even much of she's it the is first writer yes. helping yeah and i do think that because she has clearly shown that she plays multiple instruments i'm sure that she is sitting down at a piano or with a guitar and figuring out yeah. the chords and stuff and then maybe she's not arranging yeah. the individual parts on the piano or or whatever for a lot of the songs but yeah. she's at least contributing um musically as well as uh melodically um but then yeah you know other than the fact that i think all of the songs you know they complemented uh, what was supposed to happen perfectly. I mean, I think just yeah. basically the story of Adele and songwriting is the story of how do we arrange the instruments, usually very few of them, uh, to just be the perfect uh, platter to place her voice upon. Yeah. Which, and for the most part, I think that's a successful endeavor. Um, I would definitely agree. The question is, my only there are my other areas where it's weaker. Quality. Like it's not like we're not talking about an artist that has spanned every genre or like right. the Beatles or anything like that. Like she's not gaining points in that area necessarily. Uh, but the individual craftsmanship is mostly let's keep it simple and and compliment. I mean, here's what I would say: if there were six albums, if we were just average and there's no points minus, mm -hmm. I'd be in the sixes. That's where okay. I'd be. Because I think that it complements her voice very well. I think the melody lines they write for her voice are very impressive throughout. Um, so half of that, I don't know if we fully half of that and go into the threes. I would. Or if we go into maybe the high threes, low four range. I'd be in the three range. Alex, I know. I know. This is the tough part. Why are, we in, why are we in the high three, low, low fours? Just because, because of the, 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 lack the of number. The, not having the, enough work. The work that yeah. is there is really good. There's just this is where the the sales and stuff don't necessarily exactly. help as much. This is where you have to uh, have like a average body of work in order. I always to get I always that. hate to to compare to other artists though, but I always mm -hmm. hate when we do injustices. I listen. I'm, How many albums does Alan Stone have? Uh, four. Four. We gave him a five point nine. I think there was more genre range from album to album, and more instrumental. I range think there's from a lot more album emotion. Album. In, in the songs Listen, themselves. I'm Not willing, necessarily in the in the lyrics, but in mm -hmm. the songs. I'm willing to go... If that puts go, us at like a 4.8... That's exactly the number five, I was going to say. I'm, I'm, I'm I was going to say that. a 4.8 because I think that then we'd give a full 1.1 to Alan Stone in comparison for an extra album and a little more diversity. Because there's a quality to her, like the emotion in the songs that's not necessarily, not necessarily lyrical, but that's in the arrangements, that's in the the instrumentation, that's in the melodies themselves, that I think that is like, that's one of the best. And it, it's there's consistently in songs, it's happening. I think that's a good point. I think you've talked me into a four. But that's, I mean, a like I was... Four? Yeah. A, f a flat four? Yeah. A flat I was like... You've talked me to the point where when she does have six, five or six records that I'll be, you know, like closer to six. But now. I'm so are we averaging like out to a four, four? 
I, or, or well, because Pat and I are both saying five. That's 4. what we 8. Would, We're averaging yeah. like four point six. Well, f- let's do four point five. Okay. Because if you're at a five, I'm at like a four eight. Nick's at a four even. Mm-hmm. Right around a four five is right where okay. that fits. Uh, and then poetic talent is our, our last category here. Um, so here's what I'll say. Okay. Pat, in the past, you have kind of knocked a few artists for themes that don't change. Yes. And I think that's more of an album by album issue with Adele. And it's not as big of an album with her discography as a whole. Yes. I definitely went into this thing like, okay, every single song is going to be a broken heart album. You know, yeah. it's going to. But 25 was different from that. And so that's good. 21, I didn't think there were any bad lyrical moments. But if At you want to say that, like, there is a, you know, maybe a wearing down of every song being about broken hearts and like give me some more subject change See, i understand like you i'm just saying this because this is the precedent you've set no 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 and no, no, no. and i, I get about. where you're coming from with that and i i think that for me she kept it fresh when she did it okay i think that she kept it fresh like the song rolling in the deep is not the same broken heart song as someone like you Correct. At all. It's not even close. You're right. It's not like she just recycled the same moment over and over sure. again like we've run into. Uh, it felt like it had more depth to it, similar to like Taylor Swift. Sure. When we did Taylor Swift, she had more depth to oh the writing of her lyrics as well, even before you know her more recent work where sure. it was like she's writing about similar broken heart stuff, but it sounds different. Now, what do we expect on the next album because she got divorced this year? Is it going to be 21 all over again? I mean, would it, I'm would sure, that be a bad thing? I'm I don't sure think so. Adele would take another thirty-one million dollar record sales, and I would be album. one of those thirty-one million. Exactly. Uh, and I think you, the one thing that we're let's not discredit. I know we already have passed breadth of work. Mm-hmm. Eagles did not do this in the streaming era. Yeah, you're right. Like she sold 121 million or 120 million records in the streaming era of music. That is absolute insanity to me. Just just to be clear, sure. how different that is. Like, I, it's, I don't know off the top of my head right now what constitutes an, a record sale via stream. It's something like 100 plays or something. It's one. Uh, I'm not 100% it's sure. I don't want to ridiculous like that, though. Like, I, it's ridiculous. It, it, and, incredible. And, and 25? I just looked this up. I'm not saying sure. for, for arguing any points unless you guys think it's necessary for any points. Is the highest or is the fastest selling album in seven days? It sold three million three hundred seventy eight thousand copies. Interesting. And that's since No Strings Attached and Sync in two thousand. Oh wow. Okay. Fast. So well, hey, then, hold no, on. Another it's album we covered. It, yeah. In it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So it's funny that you mentioned that because I just wanted to look at Eagles because you're you're making the comparison. And uh, I think a lot of it has so much to do with uh, the sales of singles versus the sales of entire albums. So, like, Adele is doing so well with her singles and her albums, whereas Eagles are selling, like, very consistently their albums. Because you go through and you're like, number one single, no certification. Number one single, no certification. Number two single, no certification. Number one single, no certification. So people are buying, like, the full albums in that era. And I don't know if that's just a trend that's changed over time. Where people are much more likely to buy singles now, uh, and they were much more likely to just be like, "Oh, that's a great song. I'm going to get that record." Uh, yeah, then, I don't know. I think it might just have been. It's just an interesting it might just observation. have been that, and I yeah. agree with you. But I think it might have just been that, where it was like back then, 
you know what the difference in price between buying a single with three songs on it and buying the whole album that has the song you want and the rest of the songs by this band was worth it. Whereas yeah. nowadays it's like, it's like oh, if I want to buy this song, cents. it's ninety nine cents, mm-hmm. or I'll just and stream it, it a bunch on my the playlist. Album if I want to buy the album later, exactly. You know, yeah. Anyway, uh, poetic town. I'm lower than songwriting town, but not by a lot. Yeah, I'm also lower, but not by a lot. I would be, I would be for I, still higher than you. Because I'd be sitting at about a 4.1 or 4.2. Okay. And I know you said lower. I don't know if you meant lower from your 4. Uh, definitely lower than, than songwriting. I, I don't know. I guess it depends on... She's not, like, knocking me out lyrically. I just think it's really yeah. good consistently. It's good consistently. Honestly, like, I'm not so even So for me, taking... it's probably high threes. Yeah. For for this number of records. Yeah. Alex, you just you might just have to live with that then. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I don't really have any um, input in this because I don't really listen to the lyrics. All right, so you're yeah. I'm I'm low fours, you're high threes. Let's four. give her a four. Uh, and do we want to say X Factor? We've mentioned a few things that I think are X Factor uh, adjacent at least. I would say that uh, all of them combined would equal at least a point in X Factor. Uh, then that's 120 what, what million are the record sales, the highest, the highest selling, selling album, album of the 2010s, of the fastest selling album. You know that you'd that you had just said with 25. I think all of those things combined would equal about a point. Bond song? Ooh, she does get a, do we, a something for a Bond song. Say? What we gave Billie Eilish. What do we uh, give Billie one. Eilish? I... So she gets a point one for the Did Bond I, song. I forgot. Did I have to go back and give Paul McCartney uh, a point one as well? Uh, no, because that was with Wings, I believe. We haven't done Wings Oh, uh, okay. No, I thought it was Paul McCartney. I, I had thought it was a solo work. We'll but look I could it up. Let die, yeah, we'll look sure. it up. We'll look it up. Who cares? Okay. Nobody cares. Paul McCartney won. He's one of the top of our list. Of course. Uh, I have <laughs> I have scores. Okay. I'm ready for it. Okay, I'm, great. I, I'm ready for the scores. So, coming in third place this week. I have a two-inch micropenis. Uh, it's Joan Jett with the 23.1. <laughs> Shocked right now. About what she just said before that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then winning this week, which I think will be really shocking based on the scores we've just given out, uh, is Adele. 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 Uh, with a 36.7. Just incredible. Absolutely. Uh, and then in the middle this week in second place were the Cardigans with a 25.9. Sure. Go Cardigans. Agreed. Really like Pulling the Pulling the silver medal in this episode was not easy for No, them. it was not. It was not an easy episode to come in second on. Um, if only Joan Jett wrote songs. Yeah. Honestly, that she would have she would have had second place if she did that. Uh, but Cardigans totally earned it too, because I really. I agree. Them. I agree for sure. But Adele definitely earned the win here. Very happy for her. Um, Adele, please reach out to us at your earliest convenience for your medal. Absolutely. Um, we've shifted from trophies to medals because they're easier. When no one comes to collect them, they're easier to store in our great facility. Point. Very great. Adele, point. if you want to collaborate on an album, yes, please. Absolutely. You, Give us, us and Billy Eilish. Honestly, if the Cardigans want to. Uh, Collab on an album. If Joan Jett and the Blackhearts want to collab on an album, we'll take anyone's fame. We'll if, take anyone's if collab. Hold on, let me put it this way: collab on an album, if anyone that has Nick, scored over uh, a seventeen on our podcast would like to collaborate, fair I'm enough. In. If you scored under a seventeen, I'm not interested. Kick rocks. No, I'm kidding. Not don't. interested. I don't want to. I don't want to work with like Uncle Cracker or uh, Yes, Pavement. I agree. I agree with that. And, as well. and although Uncle Selena Cracker, Gomez is against the you, just you're not our style. Definitely not. Okay. Uh, that's going to wrap us something up. against you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Nick, Alex remember off really camera when I said, wow, we're making good time on this episode? I know. We have made terrible time terrible on this time. episode. Okay. Come back next week uh, when we throw it all the way back uh, and do the Cordettes. And if look you're wondering that. who they are, uh, go look up Mr. Sandman. 
There it is. Um, Alex, say goodbye because I have to get rid of you now to, to, to do our outro. So long. Okay. That was, that was a beautiful thing. Uh, but seriously, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, we had a blast as always. Uh, if you liked what you hear, remember we do have listener support active. Uh, you throw us a little bit so we can keep the lights on. And by keep the lights on, I mean literally keep the lights on. They turned them off this week. Uh, but everybody, have a great day. <laughs>